2: Ah, the uh, Twins uh, played the Yankees today, or some version thereof. Uh, the Yankees, even though the game was on ESPN, and it was the first shot for the new team of uh, what is it, Vasgarian? Vasgersion. 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 Yeah. Vasgersion, A. Rod and Jessica Mendoza together. That was they did three practice innings last night, and this was the first time they were on together. And the Yankees wins first ESPN yes.
3: telecast
2: with the new team. The Yankees send nobody. <laughs> so it's like a, it's, nobody.
3: Like a so it's like NBA Summer League, where yeah. you're you're playing the yes. Wolves are playing the Lakers, but yes, they're not playing Julius Randle. and yeah.
2: Yeah, none of them. None of them <laughs> came now that Montgomery is a pretty good pitcher. He pitched and he went six the Yankees used two pitchers to win six two to one. But uh the news was made by the twins, uh, lots of roster decisions made today. Uh Duffy and Busenitz, uh option before the game. I thought Busanitz was still in the picture. Uh but he didn't have a really good he didn't have a good spring. Duffy's out of Duffy's running out of time with this organization cuz you know what? He came up for two months and he fooled them with that breaking ball and. But I don't think that. And everybody caught up to I it. I don't think that's big league stuff.
1: But what made it impressive, though, in 2015 was down the stretch he was their oh, best he was starter. The best pitcher, he was their best starter. Yeah. I have
2: seen uh, that before when p- people with a that the, they don't know anything about and he they didn't know that that breaking ball was he'd get a lot of outs with it and I don't think he's as sharp with that breaking ball as he's been but but they also. He's not fooling anybody anymore. Anyway, those two guys are gone. Uh, then after the game, it became known that Ibar was told he's not going to make the team. Really? Ibar was told he's not going to make the team. Wow. So they're going to have Chris Heisey, who was terrible uh, from what I saw, and why he was signed, I have no idea. Because he hasn't had a good year since 12 or 13. Yeah, it is. that like was
1: that. an odd move.
2: Yeah, it was strange. Uh and Jake Cave was sent to the minors, and, uh, of course, that was that was predictable. But basically, they let it be known that they're going to open the season with one extra infielder. Now, this is so assuming Sano's playing. Then you got Escobar playing short, and Adrian's is his He's backup. He's your backup, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. are the, and, that, and two extra outfielders, counting Robbie. So that's... That's how they get around Robbie Grossman being your extra outfielder, because he's basically your extra hitter, right? Mm-hmm. He's and uh-huh. he can play a field, but that gives Ryan Lamar. They want to obviously they oh, want.
1: I, I thought forgot about him.
2: Sure, uh, obviously they want a fielding outfielder, a, a defense, a guy you can use defensively. If Kepler's not playing or somebody's not playing, so did so I miss it? Have two extra outfielders. One extra infielder and Garber is the catcher. So I missed it. They did
1: send down Granite. Was
2: he optioned to AAA? He wasn't sent down yet, but they're not going to keep a left-handed hitter. They're,
3: they're okay. They got they, so many.
2: They got you got Rosario and Kepler in the corners. The reason you want another outfielder is to bat right-handed. So and they like Lamar. What they've seen, he's a, he's apparently one of those guys who redid his swing. In the, uh, in the, this winter, he came back, he, a new approach. He looks to me like he hits the ball right field a lot. Anyway, he's, he's a a very good defensive player, can run and all those things. I'm not saying it's him, but I don't know who else it would be because I, Maybe they'll keep Granite, but boy, that makes no sense to me. I, I another agree. Another you already have so hand. many lefties. Yeah, not another left hand. Plus,
1: he's also the young type of player you'd want to give at bats to. Correct. You don't want him just sitting no, around being your fourth you know, outfielder many when you have somebody off days. About that But
2: Zach Granite's job in the big leagues, if he makes it, is, is going to be as a fourth outfielder. Yeah. He's not going to be an everyday player.
1: So if they, if if the roster you just laid out holds true, and Sano is suspended, that means they don't have another option to play infield. Well, they'll
2: bring Nick Gordon back probably to be here okay during the length of the suspension then i would think that's i don't know who else it would be uh, i mean if ibar leaves which he's supposedly i, I didn't ibar see him much did he, was, he have a decent spring ibar he was okay he was okay but they you could i could tell when uh falby was asked about him a couple of days ago about him having a a buyout date, you know, a date, to um, mm-hmm. walk if he wanted to, not a buyout, a date if he walked, which is the 25th. Uh, it's today the 25th, right? Today, today's so, the 22nd. 22nd. Yeah. 22nd, yeah. Well, he was told he's not making the team, and he's checking with us. but I could tell that they were not, they thought he was okay, but they was not, uh, you know, they were not that dazzled. And Adrian's is healthy, and uh, Escobar is healthy, and it is interesting they're gonna go with the one extra outfielder. I guess what happens if if uh let's say he gets suspended at worst case ten games, I don't think it will be. Uh that they could call up Gordon and let him back up shortstop while Escobar plays third and Adrianza plays shortstop. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. But they're gonna the two outfielders tell me they're going to uh they wanted a defensive guy. As yep. an outfielder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who can run and do stuff, but also remember this: when they go to thirteen pitchers, and oh yeah, it's they will. Happen. Yeah. Then the then <laughs> one of those guys got to go. Then all you got. Then you all you got is an extra outfielder, an extra infielder, and a catcher. That's you only got a three-player bench. Yeah. Now that you have a basically a full-time DH and and Morrison, so. is that,
1: I guess more probable given how many off days they're going to have in the first
2: week and the oh, half no, of the no, season? No, they or... won't go to 13 until May sometime. Okay. But Hughes, and now, oh, by the way, the starters are going to be this order, Rizzi, Gibson, Barrios, and Lynn, which means Gibby will get to pitch the home opener. Sure, on the Thursday, and, the 5th. Yeah. Uh, assuming those five games are played on the road, that they aren't rained out, snowed out, or northeastered out or something. But, and then uh, they, they set it up this way that Barrios will uh, get to pitch in Puerto Rico this way. So, that's that's one way they did it. Hughes, long relief. He was He's, he's good. looked good the times I've yeah, watched him this spring. He's, he was he's good been today. Better. He's been better. Where's his, he's where's his velocity? 91. 91. Yeah, he's, they, well, we, we're not going to see 90. He says, hey, I didn't throw 94 anyway, but the computer says he did, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he has been better and he's healthy, and they owe him twenty six million. Well, now so and I know yeah, today hang in there and see
1: he didn't really face much of a lineup today no. against the Yankees. But when he pitched at Tampa, he did face a lot of their regulars in that lineup, and I thought he was pretty good because that game was televised here locally.
2: He, now he gave up eight. Uh, what was it in Pittsburgh last time? But I think they dropped. There were a lot of them that were honored. Three or four balls in the outfield, and they lost lost a couple in the sun. Kicked a double play ball, did all kinds of that goofy stuff. So uh, he's been better this spring. He's certainly they've seen enough that you're not going to eat twenty six million dollars. You're going to, you're you're going to. But if Snow doesn't get suspended, I like the club. Yeah. I, I like. Yeah. them. They're, they're good defensively, and uh, the pitching is vastly improved.
1: I know he joined late. Is Lynn up to speed, or does he have to go shorter? He'll be fine. Okay. Yeah,
2: they would probably have him stay in Florida, and, throw another uh, simulated or whatever something, and then join him in Pittsburgh. Probably he won't. He probably won't even go to Baltimore. And he'll probably stay in. Th- hey, welcome to the club. Now you get to bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is interesting that they're. Well, he batted in St. In Louis, St. Louis. Yeah. yeah. He said he what's his career average like eighty or something. Well, you were saying like the
1: story how he hit 400 and some in what was it, high school or advanced ball? Yeah, now he can't. No, he can't.
2: Can't hit it off. All. <laughs> all right, we'll be back. Twins uh, have uh, pretty. Uh, have gotten close to finalizing things here. Tommy Pellicero hey, NFL.com, t- t- nfl. NFL Network. I haven't talked to you in two months, and I figured we could celebrate the two-month anniversary of Eagles 38, (laughs) Vikings 7, uh, by me asking you a question I wanted to ask you. Where did that, what is your analysis of that Viking performance in Philadelphia?
4: It seemed like it was a bit of a perfect storm in terms of, the turnovers that hadn't come for Case Keenum all of a sudden came in bunches. You had some of your best players on defense, guys like Harrison Smith, who played their worst game of the season. And I go back to a conversation I had that week on that Friday before the game with uh, Anthony Barr in the locker room, and just asking him uh, generally about the feeling around the team after Stephon Diggs, the walk-off touchdown, the celebration and everything. And Barr said, well, our practice on Wednesday wasn't good you know but it got better on thursday got better on friday but you know the hangover was still there on wednesday well talking to people after the fact everyone brings that up now that there there should have probably been a little bit more of a red flag when they came out and they just you know they didn't didn't practice well they just looked bad on the field you know and then mike zimmer will tell you that you know after the fact he went back and found out what the score has been for teams uh, coming off of a walk-off type of wind it's not favorable to those teams there's there's an emotionally draining aspect to it. It's not an excuse, but it's part of the overall tapestry of that team. It's not putting the same product on the field that they had over the past or the previous three months.
2: Uh, I've, I've wondered uh, if the fact that you saw this Eagles team a week before trying to keep it as close to the vest as possible and to win against the Falcons, if the aggressive manner in which they came out caught Zimmer and everybody else by surprise.
4: Well, that's the other part of it, is the Eagles, and specifically Nick Foles, played out of their minds in that game. Foles, Foles made a couple of throws in that game. that are the type that if you're watching it during the week as a defensive coach, you're probably saying, listen, if Nick Foles can make this throw and beat us, that's fine. Let him have that one. We're going to take away yeah. the other stuff. Foles, to his credit, made a, a couple of those throws. They really were just kind of scraping to try to figure out what their identity was going to be, and then all of a sudden in that previous game, They got that quick passing game going against Atlanta. Just a lot of, you know, the the RPO term that I think everybody is now wildly over-familiar with. Uh, You know, that's part of it. But it was also just a matter of getting Nick Foles in rhythm. You know, it was a quick passing game. They ran some stuff that he had thrived doing under Chip Kelly. And lo and behold, they did that all the way through the Super Bowl.
2: And uh, is there still a team in search of a quarterback? Or have they all been taken care of and Nick Foles is staying right where he is?
4: that moved awfully quickly over the the few days before you know during the legal negotiation window it seemed like all the all the musical chairs got filled the only team that really was a little bit late on it was buffalo but they signed a.j mccarron to be their placeholder for a young quarterback arizona's got sam bradford as their placeholder denver's got keenum uh the jets brought back mccown and signed bridgewater there's vikings quarterbacks everywhere taking up those (laughs) jobs and Pretty much all those teams are going to go out there probably and draft a quarterback. Browns did it with trading for uh, Tyrod Taylor from the Bills. Uh, with Nick Foles, the thing you can't overlook is he suffered a significant injury. I mean, it's an ACL and a PCL. That's a that's an injury that'll take you some time to be able to get back uh, to full strength. You know, does he play Week One? I don't think that there's certainty surrounding that and whether or not he's really himself for a good chunk of the season. You're the defending Super Bowl champions, and you're making big moves like the Eagles had, bringing in Michael Bennett, trying to do other things to repeat. You don't want to leave yourself exposed where you're putting you know, some rookie out there to play as long as Wentz is not able to. So Nick Foles, in that regard, has a ton of value to them. And, oh, yeah, Howie Roseman also is not shy about keeping three quarterbacks all the way into August, and then one day Bridgewater blows out his knee <laughs> get a first-round pick for Bradford.
2: Yeah, uh, but you made the good point. That was the point I was thinking of too. I suppose they damn bell better wanna see what Wentz is uh looking like before they make that move if they're gonna uh yeah, yeah, they're gonna repeat. That'll be a nice opener though, Vikings with the new quarterback at the Eagles, huh? It's
4: tough not to see that uh being one of the games of the of the season right there. Uh and I think that... It'll be, it'll be interesting to see because these teams are going to be fairly different. I mean, with the Eagles, you don't entirely know, especially if it's week one, exactly what, you know, they're going to have a quarterback. Is it going to be Foles? Is it going to be Wentz trying to play? You know, probably being braced up and stuff like that. They're going to have some new parts. And with the Vikings, this is the, uh, this is the Kirk Cousins era now. You know, you're paying 28. I know nobody wants to hear that they're going to be paying $28 million a year for a modest upgrade at the position, but that's really what it is. They're they're trying to get 10%, 20% better at that position. It's not as if they expect Kirk Cousins to go out and be first-team All-Pro slinging it around like Aaron Rodgers. They think he can be really good. They think he's absolutely an upgrade over what they had a year ago, what they've had for the past several years at that position, and on a team that's going to be driven by defense and driven by a run game that has Dalvin Cook coming back. There's no reason to think that that couldn't be good enough to have you right back in position to make the Super Bowl again.
2: Do you uh, are you do you are you a Cousins guy? What's your read on him?
4: I I go back to conversations I've had through the years with different coaches worked with Kirk Cousins, and one of the the running themes is that his ability to process information and see things on the field and get the ball out of his hands is as good as anybody and that's a big thing that the Vikings like is just that ability to play in rhythm uh, to control the game with the short to intermediate pass game those are streaks for Kirk Cousins everybody points to the turnovers that hit especially early in his career I think he's thrown 11 12 plus interceptions every season of his career that's part of it but he's improved in that regard just talking to people who have faced him. You still want to see him in you know in some of the bigger games play bigger, but if you break it down and our NFL research people did this, third downs against the blitz, those types of situations, uh, the guy's been, you know, pretty good. He certainly, if you surveyed people in the league, we is a top ten, top twelve type of a quarterback. And I think that it's a good example of how quarterback play is really contextual in the NFL. It's about development, it's about opportunity, it's about your supporting cast. He was a fourth-round draft pick in 2012 in the same draft that the Redskins took Robert Griffin the Third. It took him three years to really play Kirk Cousins and make him the starter. Uh, he got better. You know, 2016, I think, is his best season to date. Then all of a sudden, they rip up the receiving core, and, you know, Pierre Garçon is out of there. Deshaun Jackson's out of there. They try to bring in Terrell Pryor. That doesn't work. They had all these changes, they never had a good defense with them. They kind of rolled through a bunch of packs. The offensive line was beat up. That's not. I'm not creating excuses for him. It's just the reality is he's in a better situation. And you know, when you lined up all the offers, his cousins did the way that his agent Mike McCartney approached it was he let everybody know, listen, just give me your best offer. You know, this is like the car dealerships that don't negotiate on the price. This is the price. Say what you're willing to pay. I'm gonna take them all to Kirk, and he's gonna make a decision. Uh, the Jets were. You know, the high bidder is my understanding, but they weren't, you know, way beyond what the Vikings were offering. And the Cardinals had a pretty similar offer to what the Vikings had, uh, albeit with a, a different structure. He liked Minnesota because he really believed this is the chance to have that success and to change the perception of people of what Kirk Cousins is by just going out, playing the same game on a much better team, and hopefully for him, having more success.
2: They did. McCartney, when he was uh, telling, give me your best offer, tell everybody, uh, give me your best offer that you're going to be the actual amount of money you pay me. Uh, because <laughs> apparently uh, that was the big hang up in Washington. they offered him that Washington could add him, what, two years ago for $58 million, but he wanted it all. And uh, I, he's one of the heroes in this piece to me because he wanted it. If you're going to give him an $84 million contract, he wanted $84 million for his client.
4: And he did make that clear to teams that that was something that they valued. Now, there's different types of guarantees. You know, could it be a rolling guarantee where it's, you know, you, it's 50 fully guaranteed at the beginning, and then a year from now, the other, uh, you know, the rest of it becomes fully guaranteed. And, and in essence, because you gave the guy so much money up front, you yeah. know you're going to get all of it. You <laughs> yeah. could do it that way. But this is what the Vikings are doing is that's a full guarantee, and that's a big deal. You know when the Dolphins gave and Sue three years ago, which feels like light years ago, they've released them since. But you remember they gave him almost sixty million dollars, fully guaranteed at signing. Well, what that means is any future guarantees that are fully guaranteed, you have to put that money in escrow. You have to hold that money. You know these guys are most of them are you know billionaires, multi billionaires. They they have the money, but they don't want to have all this money sitting there, millions and millions of dollars. The Wills had to get on board with with what uh, Cousin's agent Mike McCartney wanted, and what Rich Spielman believed was going to take to get the job done. And you know, by the end of this month, I believe they got to cut like a sixty million dollar check and hold it in escrow to make <laughs> sure not that they're going to run out of money, but no. they have to. That's the rule: is they have to have that money in escrow to pay off the contract.
2: Let's not feel too sorry for Ziggy, though, because if the Carolina Panthers are worth two and a half billion, he's worth three right now, minimum, with a better stadium.
4: You get a quick handle on the economics of the NFL, kind of like when uh, the NBA forced Donald Sterling to sell the Clippers, and he got however many billions <laughs> yeah, of dollars right. that thing was. The Carolina Panthers, you know, in a good market, but not the biggest old stadium. That's, that's... It's probably going to be it's, it's probably going to be a record. They, the Panthers do own the stadium, that helps, but I mean, they're gonna they're probably going to cheddar the record for uh, the highest the highest bid ever to get a team even with a i guess you'd call it a somewhat distressed asset because jerry richardson knows that he has to give up ownership because of the investigation and everything else that's uh going on but yeah the uh the amount of money in the game i mean it keeps going up i was having a discussion with that about that with somebody today and, you know for all the people wanting to say that football's in trouble and you know, the game is challenged. Well, the salary cap went up another ten million per team this year, which means revenue went up another billion dollars. You got every single network on television is going to be televising some portion of the draft in a month. You know, ABC picked up the fourth through seventh round. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's an appetite for the product. You know, there's all these upstart leagues, the XFL coming back, you got the Spring League, uh, Tom Brady's agent Don Yees trying to start up uh uh, a league for players straight out of high school to play those, to pay those guys because they're not eligible to play in the NFL yet. He's got Adidas on board. There's still, uh, there's an absolutely uh, an appetite for football out there. And uh, when you see some of the money that's in it right now, the competition to, Buy teams and and the continued rise of salaries. It's not uh, that difficult to figure out why.
2: Uh, Tommy, Adidas makes sense because they're already paying high school kids. That's a, that's a good thing. They got practice in basketball there, so that's uh, that's working out good for them to uh, do that. Hey, uh, thanks for your time, sir. Thanks, Tommy.
4: You got it, Patrick. All
2: right, uh, Tom Pellicero, uh, checking in. Uh, I hadn't talked to him in two months. And, you know, tomorrow, I think tomorrow's the anniversary, right? The 22nd? I thought it was the 21st. Maybe it was the 21st. Either way, a day worth celebrating. It is. It's a day worth (laughs) memory. Now, you know that the greatest thing I ever did as a sports columnist, the thing I'm most proud of, is uh, 41 Donut. Mm -hmm. I wrote a three-month anniversary column. (laughs) and a 6 month anniversary card No you didn't Oh yeah <laughs> I did Oh yeah and I was going to write a 9 month one but I started getting death threats <laughs>
1: I will say this: had a, as a guy who awesome. drove his twenty-year-old vehicle to giant stadium for forty-one to donut, not knowing eventually I would work with you someday. Uh, I was very mad when I opened up my Star Tribune <laughs> and I read the three-month anniversary. Three-month
2: anniversary, and then the, I was okay, utter.
1: People, I was saying words about you in Mankato upset, State. Yeah,
2: but the six-monther, <laughs> the editors were mad at me. Yeah, wow. I said. What are you gonna see? What are you telling me? You're not gonna print it. They're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna print it, but we're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I said so. I suppose the nine monthers out of the. Out of the <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back. And hide on an action packed uh, sports there's, day.
0: There's a lot here. Yes. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long term or recurring projects? If so, Accountemps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. A uh, lot of twin stuff today, specifically. Yes. Uh, the Twins lose to the Yankees, first of all, 2-1 to one this afternoon. This morning, they optioned Tyler Duffy and Alan Buzanitz to Rochester. Uh, then after that ball game against the Yankees, outfielder Jake Cave was optioned to Rochester. Uh, first baseman Brock Stassi was reassigned to minor league camp, and outfielder uh, the veteran Chris Heisey was granted his release. The Twins now have 35 active players on the roster Meanwhile, Kenny Vargas claimed off waivers by the Cincinnati Reds, and it's also out there that Ibar was told he won't make the
2: team. Will not make the team unless yeah. okay. What March twenty fifth, right? Is that the yes? The but thing? he's probably
0: he'll probably be he's he's got his agent looking now. Yeah. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, picked up earlier in a trade with Tampa Bay this spring, will be the Twins' opening day starter, March 29th in Baltimore. A manager Paul Molitor setting the rotation for the first series with Oda Rizzi, followed by Kyle Gibson and Jose Barrios. Barrios, of course, they're trying to get set up to pitch in his native Puerto Rico during that mid May series with Cleveland in San Juan. It looks like Lance Lynn will start the uh Tell me the O's are going to start right. Alex Cobb, too, on the opener. <laughs> Just
1: sign him. Get out there, <laughs> yeah, kid. Don't I get wonder him.
2: if he'll even be ready to pitch by then. Probably well, pretty, pretty short. Yeah.
0: From the Twins division. Yes. Cleveland Indians. What'd they do? Oh, uh, well, they're going to uh, keep Rajay Davis, add him back to the roster. Really? To uh, uh, make room for him, they're releasing Mike Napoli. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know he was there. He, he was he signed. There. I
1: thought he signed a minor league deal.
0: He, Napoli signed, yeah, about two weeks ago. Oh, okay. And uh, they uh, let him go. Expectations uh, are that they may try to re sign him if he can't find a major league opportunity somewhere else. Uh, state boys a basketball uh, state state boys basketball tournament class three a semifinals is where uh, all the action's happening today. A couple of upsets: number one De La Salle defeated by Columbia Heights seventy one sixty nine. What's Columbia Heights nickname? Highlanders. You... Oh man, H Y L A N D E R S. And uh, in the second game today, the second seed Austin was defeated handily actually by Delano eighty to sixty eight. So the number one and two seeds beaten. There was was a time when Columbia Heights was good in football because they had a lot of mean,
2: nasty, Slavic gentlemen up there who would (laughs) kick your
1: ass.
2: (laughs) They they like to run the ball.
1: You know what's interesting, too, is I like that Austin's become a basketball powerhouse again. They were dominant forever, weren't they?
2: Yes, because if you were a good basketball player within 100 miles of Austin, your old man would soon be a foreman at Hormel. Well, that's
4: right. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: uh, kind of sounds like their town ball philosophy now. Yeah.
2: He can play, hot. <laughs> huh? Let's
0: get him a job at Hormel. <laughs> Class A quarterfinals, Northwoods, and I found out where it's at, Patrick. I went and looked it up for you. It's in Cook, Minnesota. Northwoods. That school. is a long way up. There. Uh, they handily defeated Heritage Christian Academy, seventy-four to thirty-six. Uh, Russell Tyler Ruthen beat How'd Hinkley. Oh, he said Kenny. Fidlayson. Fidless. Kenny doesn't have his headphones on. Oh, he's he's mad listening. at us. Well, anyway, eighty-seven to seventy. The he final. called you a idiot. Yeah. Well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> whatever. At least I know a mongoose. We isn't, better
2: go. Uh, we we got to see what the traffic's going on there, Johnny. Okay. Thank you. NCAA, uh, regionals tonight, uh, six o'clock our time in Atlanta. Brian Anderson and Chris Weber are our announcing team. I don't know Brian Anderson. Is he any good? Yes. I've heard he's, him. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. I actually
3: like him. He's, okay. he's, uh, well, he did the NLCS for, uh, that's PBS right. That's okay. what the Dodgers That's and Cubs right. issue. Six so. o'clock,
2: Loyola and Nevada. Who do you guys got? Who you got, Manny? Go Mussy. go Mussy. You got uh, Nevada. I, I, I am
3: torn. Yeah, I'm anti <laughs> sister. I'm I, anti sister. Jean, I'm so. torn
1: only because I love the Cinderella story with Loyola, but I do want M- Mussey. I want Mussey to stay alive in the tournament. But who's gonna
3: win? You think Nevada? Yeah, gonna win? I think
2: Nevada's gonna win. I
3: think Nevada's gonna even win. even even Sister Jean thinks Nevada's yeah, right. gonna, That's gonna win. Yeah, true. She picked against. <laughs> That's uh, true. Her 8:30, the
2: worst team in the finals in the final 16, Kansas State oh uh, against Kentucky, who is playing really well. The fact that we're all 100 percent sure Kentucky's going to win tells me it's going to be about a six point game. I don't think Kentucky's going to kill them. Just I don't either. But you I know don't what? Trust all those freshmen because these aren't the freshmen he won the national championship with. And they this is good.
3: And this is. By average age, the youngest team that Cal's ever yes. had at Kentucky. Yes. So It'll you know be what a though?
2: Game, but Kentucky will win.
1: Kentucky's going to win. They're getting hot at the right time. I won't be shocked if they're in the national championship game. They have the easiest path to the final. All right, four.
2: now here tonight, L.A. Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller oh on boy. TBS. How do you top that? Uh, the six thirty game, A and M against Michigan. We haven't seen Ooh. the best Michigan's got to offer yet, have we? No, but Texas A and M is good. Well, they're big. They're, uh, yeah, yeah, they and they're, they've had a lot of talent. They just, half of it was suspended for uh, conduct well, issues. But I, I think we're going to see
3: a good Michigan game. You know I what? think my guy Mo Wagner is going to have a nice yeah. night tonight. Doug Gottlieb, who I'm
1: not the world's biggest fan of, absolutely nailed it before the start of that North Carolina you game. Know, he said Texas A&M be, has better talent. They just do.
2: But to be Doug Gottlieb's biggest and not being his biggest fan... To be his biggest fan, you don't have to be very high. That's true. Because you know anybody who likes him? I got more friends than he does. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What an insult! And uh, then at uh, 9 o'clock tonight, Florida State and Gonzaga. Uh, I don't think Gonzaga's getting enough love for a team that went to the national finals uh, last year. I, I like them. I think they're pretty. And they're they're got good the series, series. They got a couple of the They got a
3: couple of guys back yeah, from that team. that I like are the them. big. Karnowski I think Florida anymore, State but. was really
1: was ranked a lot lower than they should have. Don't you guys think? Because weren't they the nine? When yeah, they, they're, yeah,
3: they're a nine seed.
2: I, the, Florida State's good. Those ACC teams beat themselves up so bad.
3: But yeah. uh, who comes out of that? Uh, who comes out of that region, boys? I love my guy Leonard Hamilton, but I'm going to go. With, I'm going to go with the Zags. Going with the Zags. Yeah. I probably uh, agree with me. But who's you got?
2: Kentucky coming out of Atlanta. Who's coming out of LA? Uh, which team? Michigan, Gonzaga, Florida State, AM. You got Florida State, Manny?
3: Uh, no, I got Gonzaga winning Winning that. I'm going to tonight. I'm gonna take A&M coming out of that
2: bracket. I got Michigan. Yeah,
3: I'm
1: yeah, a I like Michigan. guy.
2: I got Michigan. Yeah. Friday, Omaha. Why didn't we drive to Omaha? That
1: would have been fun.
2: Jim Nance and Grand Hill. Uh, the 6 o'clock game. Clemson, who's good. I think Clemson's good. Yeah. Uh, Especially and, when Auburn doesn't score Kansas. any points. Kansas is the number one seed, and they're not as
3: I'm not impressed. At all. Better I'm not teams. I don't like them yeah. that well.
2: I don't like them that well. Uh, but I, I, I think Clemson will beat them. You think Clemson's going to beat Clemson's Kansas? Going to beat Kansas? I disagree. Of I course, mean, the whole gym will be full of Kansas fans. Right. So. And then at uh, uh, eight thirty, Syracuse versus bleh, and. There is actually playing the Syracuse zone. You know that their defense was so rotten that Shashevsky finally gave up on playing man to man. They're playing zone.
1: I got news for you, Syracuse fans. Duke's yeah. going to score 140 no, against you. No, they won't. Yes, they, they score will.
2: 80. They'll make some three points. Because
1: we'll be it's because they've well, seen you this get, before. If you
2: get 10 ahead, Syracuse. They can't score. To, yeah. Syracuse has to try to do something. Cuz the, the the reason they beat Michigan State was because they they got stupid and they started playing Syracuse's but game. The, the best games then are uh Boston uh Ian Eagle and Jim Sparnock Sparnacle. Sparnacle used to he's a Where did he play? I think he's a dookie from 20 years ago. I might be wrong. Uh the best game of the tournament. 620 630 tomorrow night. My West Virginia Mountaineers, mean and nasty mm-hmm. SOBs <laughs> against Villanova. Uh, I picked Villanova to win it all, but I want West Virginia
1: to win. I want the Huggy Bear in the Final sure. Four.
2: <laughs> and uh, and then at uh, 9 o'clock tomorrow night, Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is a three seed, huh? Yeah. They lost eight of their last ten in their three seed. How'd that happen? Well, weren't
1: they in the top five in the country yeah, at one point? Yeah, they were yeah.
3: at one time.
2: Who's coaching them?
3: Oh, I'll look it remember. up. I don't even remember his name. I can't remember what school he came from either. But he's mm-hmm.
2: and I mean, he's only Purdue year there. is two seed without the the, the stories. Out yeah, of Haas, I, I like Haas. the Red Raiders. Haas is not going to play. Well, I found out today that uh, in the traditional for good humor only Lavelle E. Neal draw out a team. Chris Beard is your Texas Tech head oh, coach. Yeah, Chris Beard. Sorry, what what, what it was Lavelle saying? Uh Label has a always has a sweet 16 pull out the sure. team. I have been informed I have the Boilermakers. So I'd feel better if Mr. Haas was, was playing i I think I'd have a chance.
1: Now he so. tried to give it a go is he ruled out completely yeah, for the rest said of the he's tournament? He's not going to play.
2: Okay. Uh, tonight. So I mean he's not going to play tomorrow night.
3: So
1: You know yeah. who the the best player I think has been so far in the tournament is the guy that looks like he's 45
3: for West Virginia. Oh, Carter. He, yeah, yeah. He's
1: a good player, man. I really he's like good, his game. Yeah.
3: Because he, he plays a, both sides? He's got about as much hair as I do. Right.
2: <laughs> I would like to see. Duke's going to make it, I think. Yep. I'm yeah. I'm just not that excited about Kansas. But I'd like to see Huggy Baron Shashevsky. Oh, my God. That would be you? great. Yes. That would be fun. Because yeah. you got the guy, the most over-publicized. He's had his butt kissed by more people than anybody in history against... Nasty old Huggy, who once proudly had a zero graduation rate in Cincinnati, <laughs> he, he is what to me he is what college basketball should be. Yes, keep them eligible, and when they're done, get them who out of here. <laughs> Plus, and, and, I like and a guy. Krzyzewski, by the way, you know you're not going to hear him talking about graduation rate, Mister One and Done. Right. Yeah. Against. Uh, Against the Huggy Bear, it would be fantastic. Plus, you know what else I like about
1: the Huggy Bear? I like my coach rocking a track suit on the sideline. <laughs> I'm sick of these suits.
2: <laughs> See, I missed him when he was here for the Final Four when we had Michigan and... Uh, Ohio State, right? No, no, Michigan, Duke, and... Uh, oh, 92? Yeah. Michigan, yeah, when,
1: Duke, Cincinnati, and Ohio State, because that's Nick Van Exel for Cincinnati
2: yeah okay, it was Ohio State, yes, f- Ohio State four. was in it too, wow. yes, and uh, but the people who sat behind huggy on that sideline mm-hmm. in the press row had never heard anything like it <laughs> <laughs> what he called their, those players <laughs> was was uh uh you, you know, it was, uh, he was somewhat critical. He wasn't a backslapper. Let's no! put it that way. In fact, because I, correct me if I'm wrong,
1: I, the reason I knew it was Ohio State in 92, because isn't that where it stemmed Sid's big meltdown of why the Wolves drafted Leitner over Calbert Chaney? Didn't that no, stem? No, no, f- J- J- J.R. Ryder. J.R. Ryder. Over Calbert yeah, Chaney. Okay, I thought it was Leitner over Greatest Calbert
2: moment Chaney. I ever had in an NCAA round, though, was uh, Hoosier Dome. Purdue was the number one seed, or mm-hmm. number two seed, and they were the home team, and they were playing Texas. They got beat by, in the second round. Mm-hmm. Katie went crazy, but I was sitting behind Katie, and Katie is pretty calm in the, in the huddle, but I'll never forget Steve Scheffler, the seven-foot center, and there's like a minute and a half to go, and Scheffler hasn't done anything in 10 minutes, and he, he breaks up the huddle, and he looks at Scheffler, and he's, Scheffler's still sitting there, and he kind of whacks him on that side of the head and says, Steve baby come back to planet earth
4: <laughs> <laughs> i
2: love that i love katie ever since i got to sit there and watch him work the day t- because i was from me to the time clock here fantastic it was great we'll be back
0: this will be on the
1: air and now this day in history
2: patrick
0: The United States, under President Thomas Jefferson,
2: fights its first war overseas. Its enemy is the Arab nation of Tripoli.
1: 306 Americans were now
2: prisoners. This is a tough business. People would be killed, ships would be burned. For the US, it is a battle for freedom of the high seas and for the lives of the American hostages. One of the heroes of the Barbary Wars was Stephen Decatur. Uh, He was a commander, and uh, he helped the U.S. This is the early 1800s. What was going on is the pirates on the uh, uh, northern coast of Africa, Morocco, Algeria, uh, Tunis, and Tripoli was then a country, would... uh, say you either have to pay us or we're going to attack your ships and take all your stuff well jefferson said the hell with that he sent him over there and stephen decatur was one of the heroes but on this day and you got towns named you know decatur illinois there's towns named after this guy all over right Mm -hmm. march 22 1820 uh decatur had been feuding with a guy who had uh Uh, also fought in those wars, but was not known for his bravery. Commodore James Barron, uh, they ended up challenging each other. And on this day in history, they had a duel. And we've found out one thing on the ride with Ricey. We love duels on this day in history. Yes, we do. (laughs) Well, Stephen Decatur was the naval hero, but the other guy won the duel. On this day, March 22. 1820, naval hero Stephen Decatur got killed in a duel. Wow. Wow. So uh, just because you're more brave on the sea doesn't mean you're a faster draw than the other guy, right? So it's not like Mayan Ball. No. (laughs) (laughs) We've had Mayan Ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that was our first duel related this day in history. Mayan Ball was great because the stakes were high. Yeah, (laughs) somebody died. You know what? If you lost, you got decapitated. Case Keenum would have been put to death (laughs) after the game in Philadelphia. (laughs)